Christian families, and I had to like kind of like randomly like seek out some of the kids in the in the competition teams and stuff like that. Oh wait, you're like me. We're oh we're all putting up this front for these ones. <laughs> oh, okay, That's cool. Funny. So we started finding like a little crew. It was like you couldn't say certain things. Like all right, all right, all right. Pay attention. We're gonna teach you something real special. We're special today. This is two coins. Two coins. Two coins. My boy Wally, Wally, then Ronnie, Ronnie. Wherever you're at, we're at. Showing two sides of the same coin. Let me know what y'all think. Two coins. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter today. And welcome back to the Two Coin Podcast. It's your boy, Ronnie. And I'm your brother, Waleed, the other side of the coin. Today's episode is brought to you by Integrity, because we are men of our word. And we're here, like we said we were going to be. So good shit, boys. Good shit, good shit. Good shit. (laughs) It wasn't just uh, (laughs) drunken talk. Man, bro. Like, I'm glad we was able to get this. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, We got a very special guest today. You know what I mean? Mac, Michael. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself. You know what I mean? So, yeah, my name is Michael, but uh, I, since I started working at SB2, I go by Mac, and it's kind of stuck. And my business is called Mac Pack Martial Arts anyway, so, yeah. you know, it's already my name, my business name, so I'm just kind of going by that these days. Hell For yeah, sure. Hell yeah. So, give the people a quick backstory um, around, like, you know, where your story started to, like, where you are today, like you said, a martial arts uh, business. I mean, you know, I was born and raised in San Jose. I uh, grew up on the south side, and... I was just a normal ass kid watching Power Rangers all the time, Ninja Turtles. So I was just that kid jumping up off the walls, trying to kick stuff all the time. Well, anyway, and actually, I ended up watching this movie called Only the Strong. Yeah, it's uh, that Capoeira movie. Yeah. But as a kid, as a kid, I couldn't remember the name. And you know, you couldn't just rewind shit back in the day. You had to wait until yeah. it came back on. Yeah. So the mom, that karate movie, she couldn't understand. So her boss at the time actually did uh, take one dough with his kids at yeah. this church program. So, hey, we have a buddy night coming on. Actually, uh, it was a Valentine's Day buddy night, so I just actually celebrated 25 years of doing Taekwondo. Oh, damn. Yeah, but yeah, That's I just up. started up one day, loved it. I didn't care what style it was. I was doing it. just kept going, 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 started competing forever. Once I got my black belt, I just never stopped. Even damn. my mom gave me that out. She's like, I was like getting tired of it, want to do some like, you know, regular normal kid stuff, get to hang out after school, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But she said, once you get your black belt, you can quit. But as soon as I did, I was like, man, I started teaching. When did you get your black belt? Oh, three. Started so, in 98, got my black belt in 03 when I was 13. That's what's Damn, up, 98 man. to 03, that's like, what, five years? Mm-hmm, took me five years. Took most of my other people's a little bit shorter than that, but yeah. I was doing other sports uh, during that time, too, so I would take small little breaks, so I wouldn't test as often as everybody else. Gotcha, but, gotcha. you know, five years out, finished it up, and got to my black belt, and just kept going. So you started, like, early when you were a kid. Yeah, I what was you, seven, about to be eight. What would you say is the difference between, like, starting like martial arts training early versus like later in life because like i just like little personal like off spin here i'm 27 years old right Mm -hmm. it's not that i don't know how to fight it's just that like i want to be able to you know hone some skills and keep them in the tuck just in case you know what i mean so i've been flirting in my head maybe i want to start like a boxing uh class or something maybe some some type of activity to where you're like fighting what's the difference between like starting young versus starting older i mean i've been teaching since 03 too so seeing like with the kids it really just depends everyone's really different but like with a kid you can kind of mold them into what kind of, you know, how to do certain things a little bit easier than adult. Gotcha. Adults, adults take, you're stubborn. You grow up, you get to your ways, your body is how it is. So it's like, it's hard to really kind of shape how adults do certain things. Yeah. But it's really just your motivation. Like, like, what do you really want? Like with kids, if they like don't really want to do it, they're just kind of the parents are putting them something, yeah. you're going to have the hardest time. But if there's something, you know what, I want to learn. I want to get certain things down. Your, your ability to adjust is going to be a lot easier than other people's. Okay. I was going to say, it's kind of like learning an instrument. It's got to be, because you know how they say like, language instrument like you teach it to a kid young mm-hmm. just because it becomes second nature quicker right you know what i mean would you say it's like kind of like the same thing with uh with martial arts yeah definitely definitely um and 
it also kind of depends on like how the family already is too. Because if you have certain families that they're not athletic, like I have tons of families, they're uh, they bring their kids in, but the whole family like, you, they they waddle instead of walk. <laughs> so it's like their kids have those same type of tendencies. So trying to break yeah. that kind of like almost like genetic or you know nature type of like situation they already have going on. Yeah. But yeah, like once they're young, you can kind of break them of habits or kind of mold them into something better, and then it becomes second nature to them. Damn. Okay. Okay. So what inspired you to become a teacher? I've always, I was always that kid, like, in elementary school, no matter what, if, like, I knew how to do something, and someone's like, oh, this person needs help, I'm right there. Like, I would always raise my help, help, help people out. Yeah. And I've always wanted to help people. I, I thought about being a firefighter. I thought about being an actual school teacher, because, like, I like helping people, teaching people stuff, but I also love just doing martial arts. And what's better than to help people learn to help themselves? Yeah. Nah, facts. So it's like you teach someone how to, you know, be healthier. You teach somebody how to, you know, fight, punch, kick, whatever you need to do. Or just learn to avoid fights. Yeah. It's just like... Most of the part of the stuff that I teach is not even so much you have to learn how to box. You have to is learning to be confident enough to just stay away from fighting. Yeah, it's crazy that you say that because like you know what I mean obviously uh, we had Don on the show before too, and I talked to him a lot about it. And it's crazy the people that know how to fight are the ones that are least likely to fight. You know what I mean? They they, they just la- laugh off any type of yeah you know confrontation. What I, mean? I mean I've been working at SB two and. I've only, you know, had like any type of contact of, of altercation period once. Yeah. But it's, I've had somebody try to get in my face or threaten or try to fight with me multiple times. Yeah. But I'm not going to go back and forth with you because I understand what I can do. I understand that I might get clipped with something like nobody is special. Yeah. Nobody is above getting yeah. knocked out one time. And while I'm going to put myself in a situation where I can hurt somebody, or I can get myself hurt. Plus, yeah. I got shit to lose. I'm not going to fight this guy because he called me a bitch and then all of a sudden I get arrested I lose my business I can't see my daughter like no I'm not gonna do that for nobody that's something something too I was wondering so it's like say you do get in a fight you know what I mean then obviously say it ends up being bad and then police come they gotta you know what I mean do the whole interview stuff Mm -hmm. uh, figure out like what happened with the details of the incident them finding out that you're a black belt is there a different type of repercussion that you got to deal with? So everyone's like, oh, you're a black belt, you're registered. Obviously, if they find out and they find that you're trained, they're going to hold you to a slightly higher standard. But it's not like super crazy. It just depends on how bad you beat somebody. Yeah. Like if I beat somebody up to a pulp and then you do the same thing to somebody else, we're going to get charged the same way. Gotcha. It's just they might when we're getting charged or when we're going to trial for something. like someone's, That's what's going to come into more into play because because I train, because I do certain things, they're going to look, better. I should know better. Got you, got you, got That's you. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like like uh, my whole life, I always got like people come. Oh, are your hands registered? Or are you in a database? It doesn't work that way. Like so, there is a database. So talk about that. Like like what? How, what's the whole concept of getting your hands registered? Like what's that even mean? Like like I said, that's a myth. Like I no such thing. No. Like I've I talked to all these black belts <laughs> in the world. I think what that was 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 for like professional boxers. Gotcha, uh, professional gotcha. boxers when they became certain level they had so many fights and they got to a certain level of boxing or proficiency yeah. they it wasn't even so much a register thing as that they were known they were in they were like on all these different leagues yeah. so like if they were out there knocking people out they would be getting in trouble for it Be- and okay, they would okay. consider like assault because their hands were so were so fast so powerful so deadly yeah. but like my cousin back in like middle school stomped a kid out got uh, assault with a deadly weapon it's just what are you using how are you using it Oh, because he he knew how to fight. Because, yeah, he did cry for a little bit, too. Gotcha, but, like, gotcha, it was, all gotcha. it was, like, he stomped the kid out. And he wasn't going to get the same type of charge. It's just, you know. Damn, Damn they call my legs deadly weapons. <laughs> 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 hey, that's kind of like a dope little, you know what I mean, 
Consolation prize? Yeah. Nah, that's wild, though. What's the, um, out of all the times that, like, so how many years total have you been an uh, instructor now? Have you had your gym? Um, well, I've, as soon as I got my black belt in 03, I started teaching, and my instructor, he started kind of, you know, paying me on the table. You know, here's, here's somebody, here's somebody. here. at 13? Yeah. Well, because I, I knew my stuff, so I can, yeah, I, can, I knew how to do the warm ups. I could run the beginning of the classes. I think why I taught me a KD, bro. You remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, shout out to homie Kate. We got a homie, same exact thing, you know what I mean? Uh, fucking started early, black, mm -hmm. uh, you know what I mean? I don't know if he's a black belt or not, but I know he, he trained at it. But anyways, go back to what you're saying. But yeah, so uh, by the time I was like 14, he was like, hey, if you want to, um, I'll pay you some money, a little money on the table, a little cash here and there. So I just started teaching for him. I did that all throughout middle school. High school, I took a break. But even then, I had like an offshoot program where I was helping underprivileged kids learn karate. Yeah. And at first, I was getting a little bit of money here and there. But then I just started doing it on the weekends for free for the most part. And then um, once I became 18, I started working for one of my friends who went to the, who trained the same place. She was paying me. Then I think another year later, my instructor hired me on as a full instructor. So I just teach it for them. And then 2016, I finally took over, took over the business. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. okay. Damn, so you got like 13 years of experience before, and then... Yeah. And then... Yeah, and I was blessed, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. I put in my dues. Like, there's a lot of things that I had to put up with as a young man growing up to become an adult that I didn't necessarily want to do, but I knew what I wanted to be. Yeah. So it's like I had to, you know, you know, you know, if they said run, I ran. If they said jump, I jumped. If I had to do things I didn't want to do, like, there's times I had to, like, make kids cry with, like, letting them know, oh, we don't want you doing this, or, or we don't think you should go to this competition. But... I had to do what I had to do, and then it all panned out for me in the end because, you know, I was pretty blessed the way I was able to get my studio. It was going to be like a like a payment process. But then after a few years I was paying them, my instructor was like, you know what? Our debt's cleared. You're good. That's yours. Damn. Yeah. It's a blessing, like, yeah. I mean, like, you know, like, at times I kind of felt like, man, do I really deserve this? But, like, the way that I've kind of grown, the things that I kind of put in, it's like, you know what? I do deserve this. I need to keep pushing. Like, I'm fortunate as hell. Yeah. Fortunate as hell, but, like, I do deserve what I got, and I'm gonna keep pushing, try to make this shit grow the way I want it to. Fuck yeah, man! I mean, everything happens for a reason, bro. Right. Nah, facts, bro. And uh, that's why I like when you uh, when you say this uh, episode's uh, brought to you by Integrity. Yeah. Because in Taekwondo, we have the five tenets, and Integrity is the first one. Okay. So yeah, we, we, that's what I try to teach my students every year: integrity, perseverance, self-control, indomitable spirit, and courtesy. What's the third? What's the fourth one? Uh, what I say? Abdominal. Indomitable spirit. So you have a, it's a spirit that can't be broken. Like no matter what, like you can you can get defeated, you can get you know pushed down, all this other stuff. You get mad, angry, upset, all you want, but you're not gonna break, and you're not gonna change because of it. Like you know somebody like, uh, like everybody that gets fucking broken up with. Yeah. Oh fuck these bitches, I'm done, yeah. and they become a whole dog or a whole like you know like a fucking hoe. Yeah, that's not an indomitable spirit. You change because you got hurt. You change because somebody tried to break you, and then now. You a dog. Now you an asshole to other people. Yeah. But if you got heartbroken, you lost, you got defeated, you you know, all this stuff goes wrong for you, but you maintain the same person you are, yeah. that's an indomitable spirit. Yeah. Like you gotta shake that shit off like it's nothing. Yeah. People like, aren't supposed to you could change you could change your decision making, you can change certain tendencies, but you don't change who you are, you don't become a jade or a, a whole new person just because you got hurt. Gotcha. Indomitable gotcha. spirit. Yes, yeah, those are like five tenets that you could really live by in just regular life and mm -hmm. translate that. And that's what I tell my students. Aspect. Like, being a black belt don't make you a superhero. It just means you're trying to do better. And like, it's not better than anybody else. You're trying to be better than who you were before. Got you, got you. I feel like, bro, those type of principles too, like, like it's good that, I like that you said that you, you, you teach a lot of like underprivileged youth, right? Yeah. So that's, that's really, because I mean like people that come from like broken homes or like single parent households, like... They might not have grown up with like a father or something to like tell them those type of things, and they need like a medium like that to be able to really like get those. Like, like some of us who've grown up with a father in the house, like we're lucky enough to just get like a cheat sheet 
of yeah. everything that he just said. Yeah, yeah. But like, like other people that aren't maybe as fortunate as the rest of us, they got to go through some shit like that to really like, Be like really learn that. And that's yeah. like that's taking the hard way. Or you could take the easy way out in life and end up like in the streets or whatever. But like taking the hard way out, like that's really commendable for me, bro. Yeah. So so I salute you for that, man. Appreciate you, man. Uh, hell yeah. yeah. What's um. I was about to say, just, I mean, in your time, like, teaching or whatnot, you know what I mean? Have you ever had, like, students that kind of, like, stuck out, like, um, you know I mean, like, prodigies, child prodigies, stuff like that, like, that have came through your gym? You mean, I trained with this guy, his name was Marcus back in the day. Yeah. Man, he was phenomenal. He was a super amazing fighter. Like, he trained with us, and then uh, we had this, uh, this guy that, he's still in the area. Um, he would actually, like, talk to other, like, students from different places, and he, they had good relationships so with the instructors, so, like, he would actually take... These students had like high promise in fighting. Maybe one day we'd go to the Olympics. My boy Marcus, like, he, I never saw him lose for yeah. years. For years. He was fast on all of us. When we trained together, I was getting better. Like, I used to be able to hang with him, but he'd still beat me no matter what. But like, I'd get some shots on him. Yeah, he yeah. went and trained with this, this like special team, came back, nobody's touching him. He was faster <laughs> than anybody else. And he hated, he hated getting hit. So he was just faster than everyone else, got everybody. But the sport evolved. So yeah. Olympic take one door, the way that we, you know, we train for competitions, it evolved. And then everybody was getting faster. Everyone was getting to like that kind of that same type of style. And once people started kind of matching him, he was like, I'm done. Damn. I was like, man, like, so I didn't train him, but like train with him. It was, it was kind of weird. Like that wasn't even his passion, though. He was just a freak athlete. Damn, he was yeah. just naturally good just at nat it. Nat a natural athlete, naturally good. And like when it was like, oh, you know what? I was having fun winning. I was having fun not getting hit. Now it's done. I was like, you know what? Cool. I've done my deal. I've I've done. I've won the gold medals. I've gone to Nash. I've done all this stuff. I'm good. He focused on basketball after a while. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm, I'm done with this side mission, now. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, so he was just nice at like all sports. Then, huh? Just yeah. One of those type of yeah. He's one of those guys that you know put anything in front of him. Give him like a little time. He'll get it. That's Damn. how he was. That's but yeah, like funny. now the t the kids that I teach, like I've had some kids that they're really good. Like they have some skill, but uh, you know they're not. I haven't had like a student that's like, oh, they're. They're about to go to like this high next level just yet, but it's really just the times. Like I've talked to just different other school owners, like the times where we live in, it's very rare that you're finding some of these students that are just like, "Who are the next level?" Because kids have kind of changed these days. Gotcha. Like the motivation, that that drive mm -hmm. to like really go, yeah. it's 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 really hard to find nowadays. Damn. Okay. Okay. And that's crazy to think about. I mean, shit. It makes sense though. Shit. Uh, every generation slowly like adapting. Plus, mm -hmm. you add the whole technological age that we live in right now, so it's. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's wild, like, seeing the change in, like, even, like, little, I forgot who I was talking to the other, um, the other day, like, even, like, lingos that kids be having these days, like, bro, I be feeling like an old head, like, what the <laughs> fuck did you just say? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Bro, I be catching kids saying shit that we said back in middle school and high school. Yeah. And it's like, nah, we was ghetto. Like, <laughs> we, like, we grew up in a hood. I know you ain't from a hood. Like, why are you speaking <laughs> like this? Like, why are you saying these words? Why are you, like, talking like that? Social it, media. Because when I grew, when I was doing Taekwondo, my mom used to tell me, or when I was a kid, she's like, do not talk the way you talk. <laughs> this is a church program. These people do not, like, grow up. Like, like, And it was, like, for the majority, it was very, like, very conservative Christian families. And I had to, like, kind of, like, randomly, like, seek out some of the kids in the, in the competition teams and stuff like that. Oh, wait. You're like me. We're oh, we're all putting up this front for these ones. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. So we started finding like a little crew. It was like you couldn't say certain things. Like, dude, I'm a big Harry Potter fan. One time I said that, and they all looked at me like I was evil because they like they were them. Okay. Like, oh, you don't you, you oh you shouldn't be listening to, or, or reading Harry Potter. Like, or you don't don't go see that shit. movie. It's blasphemous. It's yeah, <laughs> and like all this stuff. It's like the heck. Like I thought we were cool. Like it's just a book, but but I had kind of like learned to kind of like. 
go into that world and come back and forth to like you know just kind of like dealing with different types of people. It's crazy yeah. code switching even in Taekwondo. Mm -hmm. like, it just depends on where you are because whoever the majority they hold the power, so you kind of have to like play their game sometimes. If not, yeah. you ain't gonna be happy in their world, and that's yeah. how it is. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta find part. a way to blend in wherever you are. Yeah. Unfortunately, I always tell people the first interaction with anybody needs to be the most professional. You know, proper way of doing things, and that's how you get to kind of feel out how people are. Yeah. The one things that comfortable, or the way that they greet you, then you kind of see, oh, this is how we can be. This is where we can kind of go. Yeah, that's yeah. that's something I for sure like have been trying to teach myself, and like I've obviously gotten better at it. But like I used to be somebody that like here's all of me right off the jump, and then I'm like, as you get older, you're like, you know what? Not everybody can handle that. Yeah. And then two, it's just like you said, like your first representation is usually the one that lasts. Is usually the one. It's that the first impression is the one that matters the most. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shit. You're not the things you say. You're not the clothes you wear. You're the decisions you make, and you're how you treat others. Yeah. It's how it is. True. So it's like if you can just, you know, hey. I don't know you. Hello, how are you? And then you feel somebody out. Then you can kind of start speaking however you want and kind of test those waters too. Yeah, people yeah. like like oh like you said code switching. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it's like you just gotta feel people. People are different. Yeah, people are different. And how yeah. are you guys really gonna connect if you just kind of go off into this whole area <laughs> and leave them over here? And now they're kind of left out. Like oh, I don't know if we can connect in the middle anymore. Yeah. There's there's so, a feeling out period. Pause. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. But you know what I mean? Like there's there's like a whole like. Let me feel this person out. Let me see if there's somebody that I could really vibe with or not. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like for some people, it takes longer than others. Like I'm the exact opposite, bro. Like I used to be somebody who, like, took way too long to, like, see if like I trust this person or not. Yeah. And it would make, it would make me seem like standoffish or put some people mm. off. Yeah. So I had to learn to like not take myself so serious yeah. per se. And yeah, so it's like kind of like. It's finding that balance, you yeah, know what I mean? 100%. I mean, that's why I kind of love, you know, being in football back in the day, baseball, then doing Taekwondo, because all those communities were different. Because, yeah, yeah, you had some spillover for some things, but, like, everyone's different. Like, baseball, like, baseball, like, heads, like, they only play baseball. They're not the same as the people that only play football. Yeah. Then you have, like, the athletes that can do everything else. And, like I said, like, I was around a lot of Christian conservatives in the Taekwondo program because it was a church program. Yeah. And then my master, he was, a you know... Hardcore uh, Christian man, you know, he taught Christian values. They even worked in, uh, at a church, everything. And it's like, you're, I was going to all these different places. I was learning to kind of interact with so many different people, whether I either had to like kind of watch what I say or learn what I could and couldn't do in certain areas. Yeah. So as an adult, it's like, I can navigate through most uh, communities or most things. Yeah. I mean, and not everyone's that fortunate as a kid. They kind of get stuck in like one little bucket. So it's like, you venture out, you know, it's not that you know how to act, it's, just, it's hard to adapt. I was gonna segue into the next topic, so I'll let you. I'll let you ask your question first. Nah, bro. <laughs> so I mean, you mentioned like being an adult and like lessons learned from like, uh, you know, as you've kind of grown up, being a teacher in you know martial arts mm -hmm. taekwondo. So you know, one thing that you know, both hosts here have yet to experience is fatherhood. You know, we were talking a little bit off air about kind of your personal situation. So, what are some life lessons like aside from martial arts that you took specifically from fatherhood? From fatherhood? Yeah. Man, my daughter's barely about to be two. How old are you real quick? I'm 32. 32 I'll be uh, 33 in April. Okay. And then she's about to be two next month. But uh, the lessons I've learned from being a father is that you're never ready for being a father. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because nothing matters but that little girl. That yeah. little girl is the only thing that matters. Like, there's so much things that I want to do, but I got to think of her first. And... Being a teacher kind of really helped me know what I want for my daughter and what I don't want for my daughter. Like growing, like before I had a kid, I used to tell everybody, like even as a kid, I was like, I want to be a daddy. But like I was like, I want to have a kid, and everyone's like, once you be a father, you're gonna be completely different. Once you have a kid, you're gonna be completely different. 
And that really wasn't the case. I, I was on top of the diapers. I was like, I did everything I needed to do. Like I was, if I was the one getting up in the in the middle of the night, which when the baby mm-hmm. was crying, like I was doing whatever I needed to do for all that stuff. But it's like teaching all these different types of kids. Like I love all my students, but there are certain things that these students I just don't want for my daughter to have to like. Dude. I don't want her to get those tendencies and these other like. Yeah. There's things, so it's like I get to kind of guide her the way that I need to, and no matter what I do, it's only gonna be like. 10% uh, effective because she's going to do whatever she wants. She yeah. really is like she's going to pick and pull from whatever I, we teach her or whatever we do. And she's going to just take it and run with it on her own. Like we wanted her to be like very like affectionate and loving. She is. But this little girl is independent, <laughs> independent. Like I take her to the park. She's nowhere near me within 10 feet unless I run after her. And like she's just everywhere else doing all the other stuff. And she doesn't need me. She doesn't scream for me unless it's other like situations like with certain people, but it's like, she just will be on her own. Damn. Damn. It's like, I, you could do everything in the world for her and you, you don't want her to do this, you don't want her to do this, but she's gonna just pick and pull and just kind of do whatever she wants and kind of absorb the way that it absorbs. You can just hope for the best. Damn. So when you say like, nothing else matters besides that little girl or boy, if you have a, if you have a boy, um, that goes back to something I was thinking about earlier, where you mentioned like a lot of today's kids, like the generation, they don't have that little extra oomph that they need in mm-hmm. order to like take that drive. Um, a lot of that comes from you know as you grow up, you know there's certain things that you don't want to do, but you know they're good for you in the long run, mm-hmm. right? So like, for, say for example, like I want to get this degree, right? And like I'm taking this hard ass class, and I don't want to do this fucking homework right now, but like somewhere in my mind I gotta find, okay, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? That's like there's certain situations in life every day where you'd be like, all right. I don't want to do it, but I got to do what I got to do. Even yeah. just getting up and going to the gym, right? Yeah. So, I mean, would you say that, I, I might be completely off base here, but would you say that once you have a kid, that type of mindset is easier to, like, tap into? Like, I got to do what I got to do for my daughter, or I got to do what I got to do for my son, and it doesn't matter how you feel about it. I think so. I think that, that it's just motivation. Yeah, like before, well, exactly. We were talking about motivation earlier. That's the short it's like, version, yeah. It's just what motivates you is what's really important. Like, you said go to the gym. I had a gym membership for years and I barely used it. Yeah. Because, and I like going to the gym, just it wasn't that important to me. I didn't care. Like I didn't mind being chubby. I, didn't, like, I can run, I can move, I can kick above my head. Like I didn't really care about it too much. Yeah. And then like just recently, I just kind of got on that kick and that motivation is different. But as soon as that baby, like, as soon as I knew that baby was coming, man, my motivation to be a, the best father I can be was yeah. right there. Like I'll change the diapers. I'll do whatever I need. I won't go out if I don't, if I have to. I'll Call out of work. Whatever I need to do, I'll do for that little girl. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I've been doing it this whole time. Like, I'll make sure, like, I don't even wait for her mother to even, like, really have to ask me to do certain things. I'll just try to make sure I do it. Oh, I'll do it. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Like, I just try to, and she, she's the same way. She's a good mom. She does the same thing. Like, whatever we can, because that motivation to be there for her is, is unmatched by anything else. That's beautiful, bro. That's crazy, because then it gets you thinking, like, the people that aren't in their kids' lives, especially, like, from a dad's perspective. Right. You, could you even imagine that? So... My goddaughter, I love my goddaughter. Unfortunately, I don't see her as often, but I just, you know, did a whole nice little day with her just recently. Just, I want to make sure I'm, I'm there for her. I'm in her life. I'm not there. Well, her dad and I used to be best friends, and then all of a sudden things happen, and, you know, they ain't there. And once I have my daughter and, I, you know, I'm holding her, I'm here, I'm doing all this stuff, it's like, how the fuck, dude? How are you, how are you not here for your kid? Like, but then again, I'm older. Yeah. I had my, my first daughter when I was 30, 32, yeah. or 30, whatever, but... You know, I am older, so I and I did it. I got married first. I had my daughter with my with my you know 
my baby mama now, but you know, we, we did everything the way that you're kind of supposed to, but we wanted this to happen. Um, obviously when you have them really young, it's a little bit different, a different mindset. So yeah. I can't talk too much smack about it, but just thinking it from the point where I became a father, it's like, I couldn't imagine going away from her. When I do have to take trips over the weekend, it's like, ugh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just recently, um, baby mama went on a trip and uh, I was working all weekend. So it just made more sense she stayed with my grandparents or her grandparents. Yeah. But like, I woke up, I was like, she's not there. I was like, mm, what am I doing? What am I doing? Yeah. So then I take care of some business and I went straight over to her. I was like, I'm gonna go right there because I have some time. I don't need to hit up my boys. I don't need to go do this. I got some time, I hung out with her. Then I go ready for work. It's like, I want to be in this this little girl's life. I want her with me as much as possible. Yeah, man, that's what's up, bro. Like, I have a, <laughs> I have a couple of friends who have kids who tell me the exact same thing. Like, your whole world changes as soon as you have them. Yeah, yeah but it really yeah, just depends on the mindset you're in when you when you first have them. Facts. Me yeah, and me, me, like I said, when I was a kid, like I remember this day in kindergarten. Freaking, we had like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And all putting like their different professions stuff like that. I put daddy. <laughs> I wanted to be a daddy, and I was in kindergarten saying this shit like. Yeah. This, like, so again, like, I don't want to spill too ill on people and like what they did and their choices, but it's just like, that's what I've always wanted to be. And when it came, it's like, I can't imagine. Like, even like my dad's situation, he was always there, but like in a back room somewhere, like he wasn't really like there. He had his own issues, yeah. all this stuff. It's like, how are you not like trying to go everywhere? How are you not planning your life around this? Yeah. And I got way more respect for my mom now too, uh, raising me the way she did. It's like, she working crazy ass hours, basically raising us by herself for the most part. Yeah. And like still getting me to my practices, getting me to all my stuff, taking us on trips. When I make it to nationals, we're flying, staying out there for a week. Like, she's doing all this stuff. And it's like, man, like, now having that kid, it's like, I understand a little bit more, yeah. and I have more respect for that now. Do you see yourself, like, doing a lot more for your kid in, in the sense of, like, you wish your dad did for you? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to overdo it either. Like, I'm not one of those hover parents. Like, my daughter falls, she starts crying. I don't run over to her. I make her come to me. I tell her to take a deep breath, and she, like, once she yeah. does that, then I'll pick her up. But it's like, I want to I wanna be at those games. I want to be there. I want to teach her stuff. I want to allow her to grow. I want to allow her to do the things she needs to do. But I just want to be there. Yeah. Like, I want her to always know that no matter what, just over her shoulder, I'm right there if she needs it. And if she don't need it, keep moving forward. You think it's easy to fall into the trap of being like a hover parent? Because there is like a big emotional connection. There. Oh, yeah. There, pff, the first time I saw my daughter just trip and fall and smack her face, like, I was like, you're okay. You're relaxed. You're okay. Good. Let's go. You know, got her up, and I looked at that thing, that mark on her forehead. Once I put her in, like her, put her down real quick. Man, I cried. Damn. I cried because just seeing my yeah. daughter, like, and I'm trying to be tough. Like, I know the parent that I want to be, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm not like suck it up, but it's like, okay, <laughs> relax. It's okay. Like, I'm trying to be, you know, cool, cool, like, you know, yeah. calm. Because if I get upset, I get crazy. It might make it worse for her. She might be more afraid. So, yeah. like, trying to be cool. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay. Whew. And then my, my tears just started. It, just, it, was, it was an emotional day for me, man. Damn. Because, like, I want to be there. But also, you want to be there. You want to, like, grab her and say it's okay and, like, kiss and all that other stuff. But it's like, I know what I want to be as a father. I don't want to be that hover parent. Yeah. So it's like, like I said, like, I have those kids. I teach kids. And you could tell which ones are overly sheltered. I, I have yeah. one student where like, he just does not listen. Just, 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 uh, and gets attitude. Like, and then anytime you start to direct at him, what? And it just kind of kills in. It's like, it's close and then and then he starts saying certain things that are a little disrespectful. It's like, and one time I got in his face about it because I, when you're new, I'm nice. Yeah. But once you get to know me a little better, that's when I start getting really stern on these little kids. Yeah. And like, I got him. Like, I was on him, and he starts crying. I said, uh, uh-uh. uh, 
those tears don't work here with me. Mm -hmm. Mommy and daddy are gone. I'm your daddy right now. And <laughs> you're going to stop that. You're going to go in there. You're going to do your drills. And then after, like, you know, he, uh, uh, his parents come pick him up or walk straight up to their parents. Made your son cry today. <laughs> and then what happened? So he was doing this. He started getting attitude. I got in his face. And I said, hey, you're not going to do this. He starts crying. I said, suck it up. And all of a sudden, I tell the parents. And I ask them, have you guys ever spoken to him that way before? And they said, never. And then they looked at me. Thank you. <laughs> like there's there's been times like I've been teaching for years. There's been a couple of times, you know, sometimes the way that I am with kids, parents have had an issue with. Yeah. But it's been more rare than common. Like yeah. I've had way more parents appreciate where I am nice. I try to make these kids laugh. I try to get to their level. But as soon as they run out of chances, and I don't tell, oh, you have one more chance. In my head, you have this t much time to kind of act yeah. right. Then that's crazy because like that means the parents knew like what their was yeah their that. behavior is making them. But like. They, they, it's like, but they love them so much that they can't help themselves. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like, because everybody's different. Nobody knows how to parent. Nobody knows how to parent. Everyone, like, I've been working with kids for years. Like, if you work with kids for a long time, you might have a better idea. But nobody knows how to parent. So a lot of times when people are taking their kids places so they can do sports or learn certain things, they're hoping that they can kind of help shape their kids. Like, any martial arts, every like like every martial artist that has a school they're teaching, their parents are coming to them. They're asking them like, "I want my kid to learn discipline, respect, self defense." So these are things that you are not teaching them, or you can't get through to them. <laughs> yeah. And so when you, we give it to them, there's got to be a fine line though, because I've had parents who are like, "Yeah, I need them to you know to be disciplined. You know, if they act up, get on them, get on them." And then as soon as I make them cry, now it's a problem. Yeah, I had this one lady. She used to just praise me. I was only like 15 at the time too. I was I was a young man and she would praise me. You're so good with the kids. I love how you know you don't you don't put up with their 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 garbage, all this stuff. Then all of a sudden one day her son was not getting it. Was just not getting it. I was like, no, it's like this. And what I would do, I'd be like this, pop, this leg, this leg. And he just wasn't getting it. And like all of a sudden, like after the class, he goes to his, his uh, car, starts crying. He was yelling at me. Oh my god, I couldn't <laughs> get him. Blah, blah, blah. And then I got a nice, lovely letter sent to my boss. How much of a monster I was. It's like, how would I get all this praise from the way I was teaching students and kids, doing the, you know, not treating your kids any different. Yeah. But the one time your kid needed the same type of tough love and he couldn't handle it, now, now I'm problem. the monster. Like, I did have to make some adjustments because, again, I was a young man. I was 15, 16 years old. Yeah. I wasn't an adult yet. There's some adjustments that had to be made. But still, it's like, you know, sometimes parents want certain things, but then they also don't want to see their kids cry. Yeah, man. Damn, that's crazy. That's like a fine line you kind of got to deal with. It's balancing everything, bro. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I say. Shout out to teachers. Shout out to anybody that has to work with kids, students in general, because it is not an easy job. It takes a lot of patience. You have yeah. nothing. Patience is yeah. a virtue because it ain't nothing but individuals yeah. so many different individuals who have individual parents that have all these different like i've had parents where they're on completely different wavelengths yeah. this one wanted some uh wanted me to be struck this one said you know be nice to my baby like it's completely different types of worlds yeah man that's crazy how big is like the average like uh class group that you usually like deal with all over man because um you know certain days are slower than others like my friday classes um, I might have one kid and I'm working with one kid on Fridays and they, they rotate. They never come to the same day. Yeah. I have like these three kids that sometimes sporadically come to that class and they always get a one-on-one -on -one session. Then I'll have a class of, you know, 10 to 15. God, then damn. depending on the, the, cause we have a uh, different types of training. So we have 
kids training for their black belt. We have kids training for competitions. And right now, I have those kids, those ones working together. Yeah, so yeah. on Saturday mornings, I'll have like damn near 15, 20 people in the class. Damn. And then bro. I used to do like offshoot programs or different summer programs. And right here at San Jose State for this program called Upward Bound, yeah. I would do a self-defense class throughout the summer. And they would have almost 40 people in that group. We'd be in the kinesiology gym. And just have 40 people. 40 kids or 40 like young Teenagers. Adults? Okay, okay. Yeah, it'd be 40 teenagers out there. I'm teaching Damn, all that's stuff. That's a lot of personality. Fucking yeah. juggle, bro. I've had to do all different sizes of different things. Like, I've, I've had to do a lot. Yeah. My, they, they threw me in the ringer at times for different stuff, but I figured it out. You ever tried to turn into a like pro fighter? No. Uh, I got injured real, real early. Uh, I think my first like knee injury happened back when I was, in a, when I was 11 and then uh, messed up my. Uh, Oh, you know what? I didn't mess up my back. I just got a, one, a, a injury sped up. So Damn. I had an infection in my back as a baby. Mm-hmm. And they, they cleared it. And, you know, it was all gone. But I guess it left scar tissue. So I got hit in football one time and, and like, in the hip. And we thought, like, the pain lingered a little bit longer than it was supposed to. But after a while, it went away. And then I kicked in the back in a competition when I was in nationals. Damn. And it just messed me up. Like, it was hurting. And, like, I get these random pains and these sharp pains that made me like fall back down to the ground for a while. And we couldn't figure it out. We thought it was a deep bone bruise. And then after I get into high school, we had me get an MRI and they realized that the disc got smaller. Oh shit. So they're looking at all the different stuff and it started like gradually getting smaller. So I had early degenerated disc disease. So that just means that disc is just wearing down earlier and getting smaller and smaller. So I have two options. It's going to go away and I have to get something like, uh, I have to get it fused or it's going to atrophy at a certain point and stop but it's just going to be this, you know, barely moving piece that's smaller than the others. Yeah. Man. So I've done like physical therapy. I've done, you know, uh, the, the we get like cortisone shots every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, Those yeah. actually last me pretty good. But lately I've been just working about like, you know, strengthening my body overall. Yeah, and yeah. I've been, my back's been the least of my problem. But back to your question is like, I wanted to, like, I was like, I wanted to go, you know, pro. I either wanted to try to train for the Olympics for uh, Taekwondo yep. or I wanted to go pro. And I was getting better. I was getting decent. And then with the injury that I had is like, how am I going to do that? Like, I can't barely kick. I can't even stretch no more. Because I, I can't yeah, even yeah, touch yeah. my toes. Like, because Damn. the nerve damage from the back thing, I can't bend over all the way. So it's like, I had so many injuries or issues with it. Yeah. Like, why am I going to try to go pro? Plus, I just loved teaching so much. Yeah. Like, that was really, like, my priority was teaching, and I wanted to go pro. I wanted I wanted to do all this other stuff. Or at least try it out. Yeah, but it's yeah. like, if I do that, and I can't, I can mess myself, I can't walk no more. How am I going to teach these kids? Yeah, and that was where my passion was at. Got That's you. what's up, man. You found your passion early. That's a blessing. Yeah. How yeah, many people man. at 13 be like, I'm going to be a karate school owner or I'm going to be a business owner one day or like, you know what you want. Yeah. Like, I would always tell people, man, this has been a journey since as soon as I got my black belt and started teaching classes, yeah. I was like, I knew what I wanted to do. And I've been pushing that and I, I got it. And then now I have different phases of places where I want to take it. But it's like, I knew what I want. I've been sticking with it and I'm here and I'm still, mo- I'm still moving. That's what's up, man. Bro, Onwards kudos, and upwards. Yeah, kudos Thank to you. you for actually doing that because not a lot of, I don't even want to say not a lot, bro, damn near nobody. Majority of people. Yeah. yeah, don't know what the fuck they want to do at 13, let alone stick through it all the way through. Let like, alone 21. Yeah, 30. Yeah. A lot of people at 30 don't know what they want to do. Yeah. Bro. That part two. Then here you are, what, 17 years later? Or it's a blessing, man. 19 years later. Something like that. Yeah, so. Good shit, man. Keep going, bro. Appreciate Hell it, yeah, man. bro. Changing the fucking future one child at a time. All right, Ronnie. Man. I'm going to segue and kick it over to you to ask our last two questions here. Ah, uh, my guy. So, um, kind of asked uh, Court this thing when she came on here. I figured it would be a fun little thing to talk about. 
And plus, you know what I mean? The head get a little spicy. You feel me? Kind of like the headspace that you and me, we kind of, uh, like, relationship-wise, mm-hmm. kind of went to this whole little single boat around the same time. Obviously, you coming from a fucking 10-year relationship, that's hella different. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but who you think are more toxic, men or women? That's a loaded-ass question. It is loaded. <laughs> <laughs> like, for real? I think people in general are toxic. Yeah. Mainly because nobody really deals with their shit. If you don't deal with your shit, you ain't going to be able to really deal with anybody else outside of stuff. So it just depends. Facts. Like, I have people I'm close with, and I know you're the most toxic person in the world. Yeah. And then I've seen people things in, in situations where you're just toxic in general. Like, the female's toxic. Yeah. And I think even think of my situation, it's like, neither one of us were toxic for each other on purpose. It was like, it's just things weren't working out at certain times, so... It's really hard to say who's most toxic. Now, if you want to be, if you want to generalize and shit in the way things are, obviously, who had the most power in the world for like the last hundred years? Men. Men. <laughs> who could do whatever the hell they wanted? Who was trading these girls back in the day for property? So it's Men, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could say that we're more toxic because it's like we we want to run shit. Yeah. But then. You have some people who are good men out here that aren't really doing that same shit that other dudes are out, and girls out here taking advantage of them, too. I'm not going to lie, though. Like, to be completely honest, them good men are the minority. Hey, it's, hey yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, bro. Yeah, like, at least in this generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I consider myself a pretty good man, but again, I'm not perfect. Say, you're a good man, you're a good man. I consider myself a good man. But somebody could look at me and be like, hey... No, you ain't. <laughs> Bro, but you know what's crazy? All objective. Man. Everybody exactly. got toxic traits, you know yeah. what I mean? Sometimes we have toxic moments. And I, honestly, I personally feel like, damn, bro, somebody could not be toxic, get with somebody, and it brings out the toxic in them. And see you know what, what I mean? That's Situations. facts. Yeah. See, what I want to say is, like, everybody's toxic because, like I said, nobody wants to deal with their shit, their emotions, dealing with their issues. If you're not dealing with your issues, toxic shit's going to come out. You are acting like a hoe <laughs> because some to- shit happened to you before, and this is the best way to deal with it. You're a fucking hoe-ass dude, a dog, a, you know, an asshole, abuser because some shit happened to you. You couldn't deal with it. This is how you became. That's why, shit, I'm on a platform right now. Get therapy. Yeah. Man. Therapy, y'all. Like, if you're not talking to somebody, not... Oh, I talk to my homies all the time. I, no, talk to somebody that has no connection to you or the people in your life because they have no reason to say, oh, yeah, you're right. Or, hey, you know, I got, you know, I, fuck that bitch. No, they're looking at what you're saying, how you're saying it. They're asking you questions, you know, pulling things out and objectively giving you, you know, guidance or pathways yeah. or things you can do instead of you just like, my homies are always going to take my side. Yeah. yeah. Or, but. People are going to take your side in your face. (laughs) Like people will take your side in your face and then go back somewhere else and not take your side out, you know, with, you know, the other people. So it's like you got to talk to somebody that has nothing to do with you. So if you have the ability, not everybody does, but if you have the ability, get some therapy. Even if you think things are good, get a session. Say, hey, I just want to see where my head is at. Have people have them ask you some questions, see where you're at and really find out. Are you good? Are you handling things the way you should be? Yeah. It's like the gym. Yeah. We keep bringing that up. Why are you going to work at your body but not your mind? And nice. it's not just trying to get smarter. Okay, because sometimes being smarter ain't always uh, good for your yeah. mental health. Yeah, yeah. It's about, okay, where am I at? What's my thought process? How am I handling and dealing with things? Yeah. Am I doing this thing for my benefit or am I doing this thing so that I can run away from something else? To piggyback off that, though, like I would say like, a lot of people probably can't afford therapy, right? They can't just drop everything and like book a therapy session. Right, I would say like right. the diet version of that. Obviously, it doesn't give you everything that therapy gives you. But one thing that fucking changed my life was like meditation, mindfulness meditation. Yeah. Like that in and of itself will at least get you on like the path to like digging deeper within yourself and being like, okay, 
why did I behave like that? And digging to like the root cause of, okay, why did I feel like that? That made me behave like that. And yeah. then you can like dig deeper and find layers and root causes to why you have certain patterns. And like, it just gives you an opportunity to step outside of your own thoughts and emotions and observe them rationally. Where like as a therapist is an actual person outside of your thoughts and emotions, right. like knowing what's happening. But I think mindfulness is like the diet version of that. And I think if you could start on that journey, you could eventually end up in therapy and be like completely healed. And I feel like people need to take that journey first before stepping into like relationships and yeah. like mm-hmm. thinking they're ready because you're not ready unless you truly, fully and completely know yourself. And you know? then so going back to what I do. So before every class, we say borrow makyum. Borrow means go, go at ease or back as you were. Makyum in Korean is or from what I was taught, makyum in Korean is meditation. So before every class and after every class is a short meditation session. So all we do is take the biggest three deep breaths we can, and that's it, and before and after every class. So I tell every student, it's about clearing your mind beforehand, and then after you get the information, you do it again to collect the information, lock it down, so you take it home with you. But it's like, meditation is, meditation is important. Like, like you say, like, it's a diet version, but a lot of people think of meditation as like this spiritual thing, and it's like this, like, because sometimes we get it from like the TVs and shit like that growing mm-hmm. up. It's really just training yourself to take deep breaths, and relaxing your body so you can make calmer, cooler decisions. Yeah, and that just is, sit still. Like, basically. Just be still. Like, a lot of people, like, I mean, we do live in a hectic world, right? So we don't really find, like, we fill up our schedules with so much different things and activities and, like, 2 o'clock got to be here, 4 o'clock got to be there, 6 o'clock got to be there. You don't really have the time to stop and sit and, like, wonder where your headspace is at. Mindfulness gives you that time to sit down or therapy gives you that time to sit down and really, like, work through your thoughts, you right. know? I mean, shit, people that, like, cause for me, like, I couldn't just sit down and do nothing. Like, I would sit down and try to meditate, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, in my head. You get restless. What am I doing? I'm just breathing. And then all of a sudden, you start thinking about the shit. So they have tons of guided meditations. Yeah. Yeah, just keep talking. Like, for yeah. they have guided meditations. Like, you, like, uh, even the RZA, he has these guided meditations on That's iTunes. Yeah. And it's him talking, like, about, you know, being mindful or working on being more creative. There's other ones that just tell you what to do and in and out, and you're focusing on what they're telling you to do yeah. instead of trying to do it on your own. So if there's no excuse. Do it on your own. Get your music. Find some nature to just be in some silence. Yep. Or these guided med- meditations where someone's telling you what to do, they're reminding you to breathe, or they're giving you things to think about as you are going through your meditation. Yep, yep, for sure. And the guided meditations, they really, what they do is they teach you how to do it so you can eventually just do it on your own. Kind of learn to do it on your own. But uh, yeah, not like cheap plug here, but I downloaded the Calm app just out, <laughs> out of, out of, after seeing a commercial and it really helped, man. Like for real. I heard, I heard good things about that app. I keep hearing about it all and stuff. I just, I just never downloaded it because Headspace just, too. Headspace is a good one too. On Audible, there's like this uh, uh, podcast with who's that basketball player? The Ginger that did comedy? Blake Griffin? Him. <laughs> it's his podcast, but I think it was, uh, they had the guy from Headspace on there, and I think it's kind of sponsored by them or something like that, but he talks yeah. about that one a lot, and I hear good things about that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, Ronnie, what was you, you said uh, the first question was, who's more toxic, man or woman, right? Yeah. Your answer was, everybody needs to... Everybody needs to deal with their own issues, because that's why you're toxic. Yeah. Okay. There ain't no man in this world who's a dog just because he was born a dog. There's reasons that led him to behave exactly. in that way. Like all the everyone's cool, everyone's cool at the beginning, but then you start seeing things, you start doing stuff, and you car, or you start like internalizing certain things you either experience or you see, and instead of asking questions, instead of dealing with the emotions or the thoughts in your head, you just start running with this, and it's just easier to do certain things that tend to be toxic. 
I'd say it's a mix of people not dealing with their shit and like social media really running rampant with this whole men versus women gender war corny bullshit that's going on. Yeah. To where it's like, um, you know, there's no nuance with social media anymore. There's no like context to anything. Exactly. It's just that, oh, women get mad at men for doing this. Women fucking suck. Or men do this. Men fucking suck. You know what I mean? People don't. You can't just generalize, man. Like yeah. that's why I can't say like all men are good or all men are bad or all women are good or all women are like there's shitty people and there's good people. That's it, yeah. male or female. Yeah. Like, it like it doesn't matter to me. I don't know. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie, bro. That entire shit that just happened with this phone kind of threw me the fuck off. <laughs> no, that's good, bro. Like the video from the other one's not even loading back up right now, so I'm kind of like, damn. It's good, Either bro. way, this was a fucking. This was actually an amazing pod, and I'm hella mad that the <laughs> fucking video ain't there. No, it's good shit happens, Damn. but we'll close it out with the last one final question. Oh, uh, shit, yeah, go ahead. Um, How do you want to be remembered? Slash, what uh, would you want people to talk about in your eulogy? I had a conversation with, with a boy, one of my homies the other day, and he said, you have been the same solid dude from the time I met you to right now in this moment. And I, if that... That would be my eulogy. Someone said he was the solid dude from the time they met me to the time I'm in the grave. Yeah. I'd be happy because I'm not saying that I, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change what, uh, you know, grow and stuff. It's like I want to be the same person who treats everybody with the respect and the, you know, integrity. You know, I want to have integrity. Yeah. Like I want to be the person where, oh, you know what? I can't look back at Mike and be like, oh, fuck that guy. Yeah. And some people will. There's I've rubbed people the wrong way. I've made mistakes. I've, I've made some bad decisions. So I know some people look at me, but I try to always say, hey. I own up to my stuff. Mm-hmm. I try to make up for certain things. I try to just treat people with respect. Yeah. yeah. And if people can look at me as, hey, he was always solid from day one, I'll be happy. That's so, what's up, yeah. man. It's all about character, bro. Yeah. I know. That's right. But hey, we definitely uh, appreciate you for coming on the show, man. Nah, Thanks for, for giving us some good content. Thank you. Hell yeah, man. Thank, thank you for having me. Hell yeah, bro. We for sure got to run this one back. You know what I mean? <laughs> definitely. Get an yeah. actual video pot going. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah, that shit happens, man. You feel me? But yeah, let the people know where they can find you on uh, social media, Twitter, IG, et cetera, et cetera. Shit, IG, I'm down as Jiggy Mac. <laughs> it, it, it'll be down in the description yeah, for you. Jiggy Mac and then uh, shit, Twitter. I don't even remember. Let me pull this shit up after real quick. <laughs> <laughs> While we all here. Shit. Man. But actually, if you guys want to uh, check out my my uh, studio page, it's MacPack M A Q P A C K underscore M A MacPack Martial Arts. Okay, so we'll that's my that that's my business my business page. You can see all the videos of us training, my kids going a wild and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. then actually, no, Juggy Mac is my Twitter. My Instagram is BFM underscore Lil Bear. That's B F A M underscore L I L B E A R. Bada bing, bada boom. We gonna have all that, and we got another one in the books. Yes, sir. You feel me? Good shit, boy. Well, shit, man, on behalf of the Two Coin Podcast, it's your boy Ronnie. And I'm Waleed, and we are signing out. Yay! Yay! <laughs>